we can prevent all injuries. But is it possible that we could actually predict those injuries too? Stay tuned for the Safety Dude Podcast. As we are going through and we're looking at how do we look at our metrics and how do we know if we can really prevent injuries? Well, any good safety professional is going to look around and understand the basic tenet of the safety principle, and that's all injuries can be prevented, given enough time, training, resources, or money, we can prevent all injuries. We can put enough focus and teamwork in place to make sure that people go home just the way they came to work. And that is really what we try to do as safety people, is we want to put into place such a system that either A, ideally, it's engineered out to where we don't have a hazard anymore, but with any work, there is risk. And the way that's phrased sometimes in the loss prevention world is, How comfortable are you and how much appetite do you have for risk? And with that, it comes with how much engineering do you want to spend on? Do you want it all robotics? Do you still want to have people involved? How does all that work together? Well, the second way that we can prevent all injuries is that we create uh, systems in place or administrative where you follow a procedure. In the chemical industry specifically, I saw that a lot where there were very specific steps that we had to take every time we went into a project. The goal was that you had to do the project exactly the way the step said to prevent some sort of adverse reaction. And people were trained to that. There was a lot of of watching and learning and learning by doing with someone watching over your shoulder as you did it to make sure that that was correct. And you follow that through a procedural process. One of the final and and most ineffective ways of protecting people is personal protective equipment. It still works. There's still ways to prevent injuries such as safety glasses or gloves or respirators or face shields, but it all has to do with how well they're worn how often they're worn, and what condition they're in. So there's a lot of behavioral aspect to using PPE. It has to do with every time that we look at someone and try to figure out if they're wearing it correctly, if it's the right fit. And again, it gets into money. How much are we willing to spend on PPE? And are we willing to buy the very best we can afford for our teams? One of the most interesting conversations I had with a safety rep one time who was selling PPE uh, was how cheap safety glasses were. He actually said, he said, it's amazing that you only have two eyes, and if you ever were to damage one, it's gone forever. You're never going to get it back, and yet it's one of the easily the most cost-affordable items in the merchandise catalog, and most people buy those that are somewhere around a dollar a pair versus the ones that uh, fit really well or have a lot of styles or provide a lot more protection. But then again, a lot of the times safety glasses are used as that placebo effect that are they really needed? Maybe, maybe not. But 
hopefully in those cases we're upgrading to a face shield or, or goggles or something a little bit more robust. The final way that we prevent injuries is uh, through training. Simply telling people, don't go do that. And that, unfortunately, is only as effective as the team that we have. How dedicated are we to the safety program? Uh, Do the supervisors, are they completely on board with that training? Are they going to enforce and help reiterate that training? And when I say enforce, I don't mean be the safety police. But are they going to coach people? Are they going to let people know that it's important to follow those procedures, that it's important that we do those things the right way, that we care enough that we want them to do it the right way? And then are their peers reinforcing that idea of keeping everyone safe the best way that we can? So in psychology, we call that a a norm. So what is the norm? There's a perceived norm, there's a social norm, there's an actual norm when it comes to social psychology. And that norm is what is really going on out there. So we can have an injunctive norm, which is something we're trying to change, but in most cases the social norm is what stands. And even though when I walk around with my safety hat on and here comes the safety dude walking around looking for possible issues with PPE or safety performance or is that guard in place, people are going to change their norm or at least that perception of that norm for that moment. So all I'm seeing is that snapshot where someone has made the choice to see me and then change their behavior. Now this could be a good thing or a bad thing. So if it's been going on for a really long time and they're still doing this unsafe act and then changing it when they see someone of influence, that's not such a good thing. But if we look at it from the standpoint of, let's say it's a culture who is going through a cultural shift to want to change that norm. We want to go from having an unsafe social culture and we want to change that norm to one that is inherently safe, that the team is coaching each other, the supervisors are highly engaged, uh, the management team is highly engaged in making sure that people are taken care of, yeah, from a safety standpoint especially, because that's very people-oriented. Well, in that case, that act of changing the way they're doing things because they see someone of authority coming is actually that on the cusp of changing that norm. We're actually beginning to see people not only just ignoring the the safety rules anymore. They're not just doing that. They're acknowledging the fact that we are about to go through a social, cultural, behavioral, let's call it a revolution for safety. And so they're beginning to see that, well, I'd better be somewhat compliant because I don't know where this is going. And that's actually a very exciting phase to be in because now you've started to breach that culture. The culture is opening up. The culture is is beginning to believe that change could be coming. And now they want you to feed that extra change to them. So this is the first step of changing that social norm when it comes to creating safe behaviors. And so we can prevent injuries. And there's no reason that all injuries can't be prevented. Even though the workforce is as complicated today, uh, and there's a lot of repetitive motion work out there because of the nature of what work is in modern society, the truth is there are methods, there are engineering practices, there are PPE, there are training modules 
that when we commit to those and we're constantly looking for them, then we can prevent injuries. One of the other big tenets within the safety realm is that willpower is a, it is something that is exhaustible. And that is true even when it comes to safety. The most safe person in the whole world, uh, let's say me, for instance, is the safety dude. I can make mistakes when I'm tired. I can make mistakes when my willpower is exhausted. But that's where the culture and behavioral part of safety is so important because if I'm starting to do something unsafe, I need my team member. I need someone else in my organization to look at me and say, hey, you need to refocus what you're doing. I don't want to see you get hurt. It's not refocus because you're going to get in trouble or I'm going to get you in trouble. I want people to truly refocus that effort because they want us all to be safe. They don't want to see a fellow team member hurt. And that's really the biggest goal of preventative injuries is that we have to not only acknowledge what our injuries are going to be, we have to set an example of what we're going to engineer out. And then we have to create the cultural accountability for each other that will keep us safe. Now, I've spent a lot of time talking about how do we prevent injuries, because that's a key point of it, that that's the safety professional's whole world, is how do we prevent injuries. And everybody does safety for their own thing, and we, we choose to be in the, the profession for different reasons. But the goal for all of us is prevention of injuries, and we want to make sure people go home safe. But can we really predict injuries? And this is a great debate because there are certain statistical certainties that you can say that, yeah, we can predict what our next injury will be. I've even done some of those statistical analysis uh, working through playing with some false data because it took a lot of data to get me to where I could get the certainty I needed to make a case in point. And that layers of data was able to show that probably the next injury would be a strain. But it took a lot of data to get me to the 99.99% surety, which is one in a thousand or so, 10,000. The goal of that was to see if we could really predict it. When we look at prediction, though, there's one key factor we forget is that human nature is not predictable, that people can make choices every single day. And the stats don't take into account what's going on in the world, what's going on at home. What did we have for lunch? Did we eat a good meal? Did we have some sort of underlying medical condition? All these lead to potential unsafe acts. So let's say you didn't eat lunch that day. You skipped it. Your blood sugar drops. You're not feeling right. You're not thinking right. Next thing you know, an accident happens. Then we have an injury. The statistics could not predict that someone would choose to skip lunch that day. It cannot predict that someone makes a deliberate choice to not be safe. Hopefully, no one ever goes to work and says, hey, today's the day that I'm really wanting to get hurt. And I hope that's not true. But when we're talking about human nature, we have the choice to make that. We could absolutely make a choice to get hurt at work. Now, as unlikely as that is, it's human nature. Someone could choose to do it. So again, can we really predict what people will do? My argument is no. But I do believe that we can put into places 
enough to say that we can prevent every injury, that every injury has a true root cause that we can attack and that we can work on and that we can correct and that we can make the workplace better. And through that, we hope that we won't have to predict the next injury because our people are watching out for each other. Our team is truly looking out for those around them. And that they see someone who, let's take that example again of skipping lunch, they notice that person skips lunch, they notice they're not quite acting right because their blood sugar is dropping, and then they say, take a break, go get a snack. Or they notify someone that they need to go get something to eat because they're not acting right. Then we have an actual culture of prevention, but it's not a culture of prediction. We're not predicting that next injury because we, we have an idea through hazard analysis, through statistics, through doing job hazard assessments. We have an idea of where injuries can come from, but we really cannot predict them truly because human nature is part of what gets uh, kind of tangled up in it because we can't predict people. Uh, if you've ever had kids, especially young kids, they will do some very unpredictable things. And, and that carries through through, the, through all the people that you'll meet in the workforce. There are times where they will be unpredictable. And it could be for any number of reasons. And, and think of all the reasons or ways that your emotions are can be manipulated or touched or tweaked. The same thing is possible in the safety world, that when those emotions, they bleed over to human safety and workplace safety. And managing those is sometimes quite difficult. But the good news is that with the right culture, the right behaviors, the right programs in place, we can prevent those injuries. We can watch out for each other, and we can make sure that we all go home the same way we came to work. But just as complex as human nature is, we will never be able to predict them. So remember, safety is about all of us working together. Join me next time on the Safety Dude Podcast.